let's uh, let's see what God will do uh, in challenging times. Because I believe in times like these, He likes to show Himself strong on our behalf. Let's stand together and let's join together in prayer. Father, we thank you for the privilege this morning of having your presence with us wherever we are. We thank you today for the opportunity to open the book, the words of life, today to receive from you instruction, to receive from you, Lord, encouragement and strength that we need right now, Lord. This is a... A, a pivotal moment for the church, I believe. And I thank you, Lord, that you have called all of us for such a time as this. We believe, Lord, in your eternal purpose. We believe, God, that it is not stymied at all by circumstances, but that everything that has been spoken will happen. Everything that has been written is going to take place, and we trust in that this morning. We give honor to your word this morning upon which we stand. We give praise to your name today to which we run. And we believe this morning, God, that as we lift up and magnify your name from every quarter, from every home, from every location today, God, there is going to be a manifest presence that is going to come amongst us and we are going to encounter your glory. We're going to encounter, Lord, the things that only you can do in our lives. And to that, Lord, this day, amen, we give praise and honor and glory. Amen, amen. Clap your hands right there in your living room. Clap your hands wherever you are right now. Clap your hands unto the Lord tonight. Shout unto the Lord for the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Before you're seated, I want to just remind you that we're asking that everyone space themselves that have come to the sanctuary this morning. And we have this morning our musicians and singers and a few, just a handful of others that have joined us. But we want to maintain some distance to comply with the directives that uh, the experts are giving us and as much as possible maintain distance even after we dismiss today. Uh, you can talk to somebody. You don't have to be nose to nose or eye to eye. You can keep just a little distance and uh, instead of a handshake, just a little wave will do and uh, praise the Lord, whatever you want to say. And, and uh, have those conversations. We need to be more connected than ever. But we don't have to have uh, uh, just be that close physically to make that happen. And so uh, uh, let's just make this uh, the, the best of this. And I believe that it's going to be all right. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we're going to look into the Word of God for a little bit today. I want to... Uh, we're going to continue in the series of our adult lessons and from our literature this morning. And we're talking this morning about the, let me get my thing set up here, all right, amen. Today our lesson title is It Is Written. And we're going to be reading a few verses of Scripture this morning. The focus thought is Jesus showed us how to resist uh, Satan and overcome temptation by the power of the Word of God. 
Uh, Matthew chapter 4, beginning with verse 4, we're going to read three verses. Uh, and if you are at home, uh, just get your Bible out and read along with us today. If you are here in the sanctuary this morning, uh, we have not produced bulletins today. Uh, and so uh, you, may, you can either read on the screen or you may join us in your Bible. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Verse 7. And then verse 10. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. In the book of Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, we will read. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. There is, uh, when, when you separate yourself, uh, when you uh, begin to seek the face of God, when you are preparing and God is preparing you to launch into a greater dimension of ministry and all of us are ministers, there will inevitably be temptation. It's part of the territory. It goes along with living for God. Amen. God has given us choices. Free moral agents. We are allowed to determine destiny by the choices that we make. And Satan has desired to subvert our motives and our choices and sidetrack us, sideline us, take us out of the game. That is his purpose. As long as we're living in this flesh, there's going to be temptation. I don't care who you are or what you've done for God or how long you've lived for God. It, you'll never outgrow. You'll never get so mature that there are no temptations. The temptations may change. They may, uh, things that once were a temptation may no longer be a temptation to you, but there'll be a whole new set. Because forever a new level, there's a new devil, they say. Uh, that's just... The way it is. But I want you to notice that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Uh, the book of Matthew records and gives insight into two significant events that happened early uh, in Jesus' ministry. At the very beginning of his ministry. First of those was his baptism, which we've already talked about. Um, and then his... Temptation in the wilderness. 
And of course, in a lifetime, there's we, we, we learn some things, I hope. Uh, I hope we just don't get old, that uh, we, we get wiser, we, get, we learn from our experiences. And, and, and one of the things that we can learn with time is that uh, temptations often follow great spiritual moments. Um, I'm not talking to you this morning just out of something somebody told me or something I read or something that was in our adult lesson, literature. I'm talking to you from experience this morning. It is often after those moments of spiritual ecstasy, those cloud nine experiences, when things like you feel like, man, is a breakthrough and, and uh, I, I'll never be the same. Uh, and you may not. That, that's, that's maybe very well true. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to experience temptation after that. Often that is the time when temptation will come. I've contemplated that before. I've thought, I've had discussions with people about that. Uh, because, I, you know, there's some things that you learn. Um, uh, we've seen a thing or two because we've, we've been around a little while, right? Uh, and so there are things I've learned just watching. And sometimes I can't put my finger on a scripture or something right at first, but I, I encounter it, I experience it, I, I observe it, I notice it. And often, if you go to the Word of God, you can find meaning for it. You can find why it is that way. Uh, but most certainly, there is, uh, there, there is, it, it is a true principle. It will often happen after spiritual highs that temptation comes. Uh, a great worship service where the Lord has really blessed us, some kind of a, a revival move of the presence of God. And the key is to stay led of the Spirit on Monday just like you are on Sunday. Amen. I know you may not be going to church on Sunday. In fact, uh, that's right, on Sunday right now. You may not be going to church on Monday, but you still need to be led of the Holy Ghost on Monday. The Spirit may not lead you to the sanctuary on Monday, but the Spirit can still lead you. You may have a schedule and places you have to be and things you have to do, but the Spirit can still lead you. It may not include a scheduled service. It may not include uh, a, a, an appointment you know, with, with the pastor or something. It, it may not include a, a church outreach event that day, but you can still be led by the Spirit. And the Bible interestingly tells us that Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. Yes. It seems kind of counterintuitive. I mean, you would think the Spirit would be leading toward those spiritual highs, right? You would think the Spirit would be leading toward a, a camp meeting, a, 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 a revival, a, 
a crowd of folks here in the gospel, you would think that that's where the Spirit would be leading. I mean, obviously, uh, the the objective is to to seek and you know save that which is lost, and the world is lost, and we got to get the word out and all of that. But uh, instead, the Spirit leads him where there are few people, it leads him into a wilderness place, and there he goes to. He begins to fast and pray. And during this time, the devil takes advantage of it uh, to, to tempt him. I believe there are times when spiritually God will lead us to be tested. Amen. To be proven. Yes. Oh, but we don't like that. We want, we want to be led to where our Worthiness is going to be revealed to where our, our faithfulness is going to be uh, revealed and everybody's going to know and, and, and we'll, we'll have our, you don't have a testimony without a test. Amen? Amen. And so, and it's during these times that God will strengthen us. I can tell you, I have strength today. Every day of my life, I have strength because of one, one circumstance, one situation that, that troubled me. It, it kept me up at night. It, it was a, a great uh, a trial, a great test. I didn't like it. I didn't want to be in the middle of it. I wouldn't have chosen it. But you know what? Every day of my life, I have strength as a result of that. Amen. Sometimes God leads you into tests and places like wilderness places because he wants to test you and prove you, but also to strengthen you. Yes. Yes. And a lot of folks fall into temptation because they don't practice the necessary spiritual disciplines to be prepared for times like that. Prayer fasting and reading the word of God and things like this that can help us. You'll notice that uh, Jesus fasted. The very word fasting causes a lot of folks to cringe. It, it's, it just, we, we kind of draw back from that. A lot of folks do. We don't like the idea. Why? Because our flesh craves to be satisfied whatever way we can do that. And it rebels against us denying what the flesh wants. That's just the nature of things. But imagine, you know, if we do that over uh, a fast and, and, and uh, for one day or two days or three days, what it must have been like for Jesus who fasted 40 days. He, his, his body by this point had grown weak. Uh, by this point, it's beyond just hunger, which is what mostly we experience when we fast. But truly, physical weakness must have set in and, and uh, recognizing that the natural reaction is to break the fast and to, uh, you know, okay, it's gone long enough. Get something to eat. Restore our strength. Jesus is at a point like that 
when Satan comes to tempt him, and of all things, to tempt him with eating, turning stones into bread. It would have been kind of natural after 40 days probably, probably sooner, to have broken the fast. It would have seemed probably kind of appropriate at this point to end the fast. So what Satan was tempting him with as far as the eating was not out of line with what he would probably do. Satan also tempted him to turn stones into bread. And Jesus is in the middle here of denying his flesh because the only way to accomplish and to receive the spiritual strength that he was going to need for the battles he was going to fight, the, uh, the things he was going to face, he was going to have to be spiritually very, very strong. And so the devil shows up. He likes to show up in our weak moments. Just a moment of weakness. He only needs a little window of time. That's right. He doesn't have to have a whole week. He don't even have to have a whole day. He just needs a few minutes of weakness. And he will show up. If he can catch you in that weak moment, he thinks that half of his battle's already won. So now it's not going to take a lot to get you. A lot of times he'll leave you alone when you're on that spiritual high. He's not going to mess with you. Amen. But in that weak moment, he knows that he's got an advantage. And so he will take advantage of that. And temptation is what he will use because he, he, knows, he knows what messes with us. So the first thing he suggested was that Jesus would turn these stones out there in the wilderness into bread so he could eat. And he prefaces that with, if thou be the son of God. What's he trying to do? He's challenging his identity. Right. And I, I don't know that Satan really knows what he's messing with here or who he's messing with. Uh, he certainly doesn't know everything. He didn't know everything about Job. He thought he did, but he didn't. And I don't believe he knew everything about Jesus. Right. I believe that he, uh, he wondered. I believe that he knew something was up. But the Bible tells us if, you know, they had known what they was doing, they wouldn't have crucified him. They did not know. And so there's testing and probing and trying to figure out what's going on and trying to subvert or, or, or mess with the destiny and the purpose of God that was on track to be fulfilled in the man Christ Jesus. So he says, if thou be the son of God. 
Now, just turn these stones into bread and eat them. If you be the son of God. Well, obviously Jesus could have done that. Obviously he is, is, is coming into his own in a sense. His ministry is beginning and the power of God is upon him and and, and he's heard there's this voice from heaven that is spoken and, and uh, at, at his baptism and, 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 and John anointed of the Holy Ghost prophetically uh, says he must increase but I must decrease and, uh, and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire uh, so so uh, there's there's spiritual understanding that is going on about right. some things here, though not the full picture is not yet maybe seen. And so Satan is probing that a little bit, but he knows that if he can get a hold of the ego of the man Christ Jesus, well, you don't know who I am. But Jesus always kept his pride in check. That's right. As a man. Yes, he had those temptations because if he hadn't of, he could not have faced the things and overcome the things and had the right to, to, uh, to redeem us if he had not overcome those things himself. If he had fallen prey to those things himself, then he would not have the right. He came in order that he would have the right to do that for us. And so... He, he's the devil is trying to stir up his ego just a little bit and get him to yield to temptation with something that seems good. I mean, it's time to eat, man. You've been fasting all these days, uh, but he's also inserting a little bit of prideful thoughts here if he can. And that's the way the devil will work. He, he'll get us to think in certain ways and things and and he knew that Jesus was physically hungry and uh, naturally wanted to satisfy that hunger. Jesus' body did. He, he, was, he was just planning a thought. Turn these stones into bread. And so Jesus responded correctly. It is not the temptation that destroys us. It's our response to the temptation. Not correctly responding to the temptation is what gets us. First of all, Jesus didn't give in. He, 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 did, he, he, didn't, uh, he didn't simply ignore the temptation, but he, he confronted it. Not with his own human ideas. That would have been a temptation here. That's what Satan was probing at and trying to stir up. But Jesus would later say, I always do the will of my Father. These words that I speak, they're not my words, but they're his words. That would not necessarily have had to have been the case. But he kept his physical human side under subjection to the spirit and to the will of God. And so he confronts it, not with his own ideas. He knew that the word of God is forever settled in heaven. And so he boldly looked at the devil and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, Amen. 
but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I want to tell you, it's intended for us to live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Yes. That's an often overlooked part of Jesus' answer. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by, and, and we just kind of think of the word of God, but every word of God. That's what we need to live by. And so he appealed to the highest authority known to man, the word of God. I'm going to tell you something. You can't be defeated when you stand on the word of God. So next, Satan takes him to a pinnacle of the temple, way up high. Some of us are kind of scared of heights. Hard to think about being up there on that little, anybody ever thought about the possibility of climbing one of these radio tires or one of these big tires? They used to have them all over. Now they got cell tires, they're not as tall, but, but it, you know, those real narrow tall, Man, just to think about being way up there. Most of us don't even want to think about that kind of thing. Satan takes him up to this high pinnacle, this high point, and uh, he, he, he challenges him with another temptation from there. Uh, a test, if you will. Uh, and the challenge is always there for us to either embrace what God is doing or to challenge what God is doing. God had a plan. God had a purpose. And it can be easy to question God in moments like this. The wilderness moments. It can be easy in times like that. And so... To prove the point, the devil took Jesus up to this high pinnacle and, and, and told him to jump. Just jump. And, and then, you know, kind of whispers in Jesus' ear, it'll, it'll be okay. God's going to send angels to catch you. You won't dash your foot on a stone. Right? And so... Jesus is at a moment in time when he's weak physically. A moment in time when he's desiring to see his purpose uh, fully come into play here. It's the beginning of his ministry. No doubt he has contemplated. No doubt he's thought about it. He's, he, he's, he's upwards of 30 years old now. He's He's, uh, it, it's time now, and, and he's, he's had a lot of time to think about it. We don't, have, uh, we don't have insight into what he was thinking all those years and everything, but I feel like at this moment, it, it, it wasn't just, it didn't just all of a sudden dawn on, oh yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to do something after 30 years. I feel like that, that he was always, uh, it was always kind of on his mind. I'm here for a reason. I've got a purpose. And so, uh, but, the, but the devil takes him at this, this moment when he's weak and when his ministry, there, there hasn't been miracles. There hasn't been uh, all kind of things go on. He's not spoken to 
masses of people. He's not had crowds follow him. He's not got a bunch of disciples that are hanging on his every word. Uh, most, very few people even know who he is and here he is. And now, you know, here's, here's the opportunity. Just a little test. Just, just see, just jump out there and see, you know, hasn't God said that he would he'd catch you, that he'd, 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 he wouldn't let you uh, dash against a stone or something like that. And, you know, in the moment, it probably sounds good. But the Lord has a very clear and certain answer to these things. And a lot of times, you know, things that would normally not sound good when you get in a weakened state can sound good. Things you ordinarily would never even think of doing. You get in a weakened state and they sound right. Uh, and once done, if you fall prey, then you regret and you realize how stupid it was. But you, in that moment, it just seems good. So once again, Jesus appealed to the word of God. He said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He was not going to put God to the test just because he was in a test. I think right now in our present circumstances, this is very relevant. I mean, I believe God can protect us. I believe God's greater than this virus. I believe God's greater. Uh, you know, it's funny how folks uh, can, can just ignore God, but then here comes this unseen thing. What if we were to say, well, I don't believe in the coronavirus. I don't see it. Do you see it? I don't see it. And there are people, conspiracy theory people and all of that that, that think it is something that's just been concocted to, to put fear in all of us. But, but here, here's the thing. Uh, just because we're in a test doesn't mean we should test God that's and go right. around and say, well, I don't see nothing. I don't believe I, I think God took care of me and I'm just going to go to Walmart and I'm going to go to anywhere I want to go and I'm going to get in crowds and I'm just going to laugh and cut up and get as close to folks and hug and slap them on the back and, you know, if they sneeze on me, who cares? That kind of attitude, that, that, that is testing God. That's right. God does not want us to do that. Just because we're in a test and we don't like the circumstances, we don't like kind of being shut up in our home. We don't like not being able to go out and eat. We don't like not being able to do church the way we normally do church and all of that. And, and I feel every frustration that, that we all feel, but I'm telling you, just because we're in a test doesn't mean we need to test God. That's right. The Lord gives us wisdom. And we can stand on his word like Jesus did. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. And this whole process of the test is part of what God uses to make us what he wants us to be. I believe that. I believe that even times like we're living in right now, unprecedented times where we have to do things that are just unheard of. Like having a graveside service for family only. For an incredible woman like Sister Louise Shelton. It just don't seem right. 
we're living in unprecedented times. But God can work in times like these. And if we will allow him, I believe that during a time like this, the church can grow. I remember when we were in the community center because our building had burned and then we had moved into another unused, more or less abandoned building here in town and it had electrical fire and burned itself. And we're in the community center. You would think, man, we ought to have been the most discouraged people. They, 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 nobody would want to be a part of this thing, but we actually grew while we were in the community center. We had folks get the Holy Ghost in the community center. What I'm trying to tell you is, I mean, that's unprecedented. We never dreamed we'd be in a circumstance like that. But even in the middle of that circumstance, we didn't lose anybody. And we actually grew and God filled people with the Holy Ghost while we were in the community center. And I am telling you that in a time like this, with circumstances we never dreamed of, amen, when we, you would think that it would be the natural progression that we would diminish, that we would, folks would just fall away. I believe that in a time like this, we can have the strength of God that can help us and we can actually not only survive, but we can thrive in times like these. I'm telling you, we we got the only hanker that you can really hold on right now. Amen. This is the only thing where there is hope that lasts for eternity. I think this is, right now, we ought to be the limelight. Amen. The world. So, he tests him again. He says, bow down to me. Worship me. It's a spiritual temptation. And Jesus wasn't immune to that just because he was the son of God. Just because he was God manifest in the flesh. He still had to submit himself to the spirit of God. And he was tempted by the devil. Now, the devil was well acquainted with worship. Uh, and the theologians talk about Old Testament scripture. That seems to indicate that Satan was more or less the worship leader in heaven. Amen. He, he was, he made music in heaven. He was, he was quite a talented being created by God. He was in the middle of all that stuff that Isaiah saw when he looked up. And saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and he saw those, those angels that, with, with wings covering their face and, and they're, they're bowing and they're saying, holy, holy, holy. He understood worship. He knew something about worship. And, and, and so he, he offers to Jesus, look, if you will just bow down and worship me, I will give you the kingdoms of this world. Now he is the God of this world. And there are things that belong to him. Uh, he is possessed. He is taken. He, is, he has control of. In fact, any time that we succumb to iniquity, 
Anytime we, we succumb to going our own way, we just flow right into what the devil's trying to get Amen. happen. Amen. But he mistakenly thought that being in the wilderness would make Jesus feel as if he had been kind of forgotten, forsaken. You remember on the cross he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He thinks that there in the wilderness that Jesus is probably just about to that point, perhaps. I mean, ain't no crowds following, there's no disciples, there's he, he's just out there by himself. He's felt spiritual strength. He's he, he's sensed that, you know, things he, he, he could just speak it and it would happen and things like that. I, I don't you know, no just insight into the mindset of the man Christ Jesus at that time and that stage in life a whole lot, but enough to know that Satan thought that he could be tempted by, by this. Look, instead of having to go through all this, instead of having to go to the cross, instead of having to uh, submit yourself to the will of God, that look, what the, look where the will of God has gotten you, right? Amen. The Spirit let him out there, right? Look where God, look where living for God has gotten you. Have you ever heard the devil say something like that? He says it all the time. All the time. Amen. Uh, we, we need to be like Teddy Helferman, count our blessings. Amen. They'll always outnumber our trials. Every time. Amen. But sometimes the devil will come along and he'll say, look at you. Look where living for God has gotten you. Look. Man, have you seen the folks down at the Super Bowl? Have you seen the crowds down at the latest concert? Whew. Have you seen the crowds that gather for this political party or movement or something? Hey, I can give you that. I can offer that to you. If you'll just bow down and worship me. Now, Satan should have known that if Jesus didn't give in to those other two temptations, he wasn't going to give in to this one. Because, hear me this morning, if you, if, if you will not give in in your worship, come on. Come on. You're not likely to give in in most other things as well. I'll tell you what the devil would like to do right now, just kind of separate us and isolate us and get us out here and then say to us in this circumstance, this test that we didn't ask for, amen, but here we are. Uh, he'd like to kind of get us divided and separated and out there and say, you know, look, we're living for God's gotten you and all that kind of stuff. And, 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 and look, there, why would you worship God? You know, uh, look what's happening in America right now. Look, look at your church. What's happening in your church today on this Sunday morning. Amen. This, this is what living for God's got you. That's the devil. That's what he'd say. And he, and, and he would easily say, look, you, you just need to, to give up on that. Here's what you do. Amen. And he'll offer a plan. He'll offer some design or something. But I believe there's some folks that are determined. I don't care what wilderness I'm in, what test I'm in. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to worship God. I will not give my praise to another. I will give Him the glory and the honor this morning. Hallelujah. And if you will stand strong in the...
the test of your worship. I believe it will empower you to face everything Satan throws at you in life. You've got to make up your mind. I don't care what happens. I'm going to praise God. I don't care what happens. I'm going to give him the glory. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Amen. Now the psalmist said, praise him on the high sound and cymbal. Praise him on the heart. Praise him in the timbrel. Praise him on the dance. But we can say on this Sunday morning, praise him in your living room. Praise him on the pew. Praise him on the platform. Praise him in your car. Praise him wherever you are. Don't let anything rob that from you. Stand strong in the test of your worship. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Mm. And you know what? The moment Jesus, the moment Satan realized that Jesus would not give up his worship of God, the moment Satan realized that, Satan left. I'm on, you'd save yourself a whole lot of trouble. You'd save yourself a whole lot of temptations. If you just make up your mind, I am going to praise God. I don't care who wants to or who doesn't. I'm going to give him glory. I don't care who wants to sing or who doesn't. I'm going to sing. I don't care who wants to clap their hands or not. If anybody's doing it or not. I didn't come here to find out what everybody else is doing. I came here to praise the Lord. I believe the Lord wants us to win the battle of worship. They talk about worship wars now where folks are fighting over what style of songs and music they're going to do. I will tell you the biggest worship war is the one that a lot of folks have lost already. And that's the one who are you going to worship and are you going to worship. But if you will make up your mind, I am going to praise God. I don't care what comes my way. I don't care how bad a week I've had. I had talking to the pastor on the phone yesterday and he was telling me about some things that he was spiritually resisting attacking the congregation. And he, he said, he said, I, I told, had a, had a meeting with our church. Said, told him, doesn't matter if you've had a bad week. Doesn't matter if you've had a bad day on the job. I ought not to have to pump you up. Get here and get in the prayer meeting in the prayer rooms before church. And, and, and when you come out, I won't have to pump you up. And we can have church. Amen. Work all that stuff out in the prayer room and then come in here and give your worship to God. Give your praise to God. Amen. Fight that battle before you even get to this point. And when you get here, you'll be ready to lift up holy hands in the sanctuary. Amen. Like the Lord is looking for us to do. Amen. Without wrath and doubting and give the Lord the glory and the honor. Amen.